Welcome to Talking Agility, a podcast from Accenture. Your host is Elitsa Necheva. We've spoken before about the importance of building an adaptive workforce. My guest today believes that an agile workforce requires continual employee learning. She is an expert in helping large organizations craft effective workforce training programs in the new digital age. Bridie Fanning is Accenture's talent and organization practice lead for financial services in North America. She's worked for over 30 years as an HR leader to help businesses unlock the full potential of their people. She's also written extensively on the changing nature of work, future of HR, and the future of learning in the digital age. Bridie recently completed her doctorate of education at the University of Pennsylvania Graduate School of Education. Bridie joins us from Chicago, Illinois. Welcome to Talking Agility, Bridie. Great, thank you. To kick off, you've written that financial services is facing a skills crisis. What, in your opinion, is driving that and what is at stake? Yes, well, I think it's a number of things driving it. Firstly, I think it's the changing technological landscape. So between the physical, the digital, biological spectrums are all compounding and coming together around technologies and new inventions. And it's fundamentally changing how we work and the skills required of those jobs. We also have different demographics coming into the workforce for the first time Uh, We have five generations in the workforce all at the same time, the largest Mm. percentage of which by 2025, 75% are going to be millennials. And these different generations bring with them different expectations of what it's like um, to be a consumer, and they're expecting those kind of consumer experiences in the world of work. And all these changes are coming together and fundamentally changing how we work and the skills required. So different employment models, the rise of the gig economy and the adaptive workforce. And what this very often means is that as these skills change and they're changing rapidly, it's often referred to as man's race against a machine, that as the technology continues to advance, the challenge is keeping the skills up to the pace of the change with the technology um, so that people's skills continue to remain relevant and people's skills don't become obsolete. And that is driving this need for continuous learning and training. And at stake, if we don't make these investments and people don't have this learning, mm-hmm. we risk people's skills becoming obsolete, underemployment, and also lost productivity in terms of taking advantage of the technology that's available today. That really resonates. And I think you're right that the solution to the problem is to train more people with the required skills. And I think there is also something to be said about the ability to foster a lifelong 
learning in the workforce so that learning is no longer seen as that mandatory module that you need to do at the end of every quarter so you don't get telling off from your line manager but something that you do every single day in order to foster that continuous learning and so that your skills uh, remain relevant. My second question then would be um, just to build on to that what are the key challenges facing organizations looking to boost their ability to learn? Well, I think legacy training departments and functions are not geared up for the new world of work. Um, So technology isn't just changing how we work and the skills required of that work, but there's also amazing technologies have Mm -hmm. been invented and launched in the last couple of years, adaptive learning programs, the concept around micro-learning, learning in small sound bites, learning experience platforms. And I think the challenges are is that our learning organizations is very much geared around one-off learning, classroom learning, and very kind of traditionally based. And the speed of change with the technologies is outpacing our ability to keep up with those changes. Also, in one of your blog posts, uh, you said that you actually provided a quote by Tony Wagner, who is the research fellow at the Learning Policy Institute. And the quote, uh, what we have now is an innovation economy and knowledge has been commoditized. And there is no longer the competitive advantage in simply knowing more than other people because Google knows everything. What the world cares about is uh, not how much you know, but what you can do with the knowledge that you have. Yes, I think innovation... Knowledge, I think, is a prerequisite of innovation. How you share knowledge, how you use knowledge, knowledge that is both explicit and knowledge that is less explicit and unconscious. Um, But the knowledge itself isn't really what gives you a competitive advantage. It's the innovation of how you use Mm it um, and how people collaborate and work together looking at the new technologies, looking at the new work environment and thinking through new new ways of working, new products and innovation in the marketplace. And you see that with uh, new firms such as Uber. These are all firms and industries that have really been created almost as if it seems overnight by leveraging new technologies and innovations. So that that a little bit touches upon my next question. How can the challenges um, facing organizations which are looking to boost their ability to learn can be overcome? Have you seen an organization doing that really, really effectively and fostering that um, culture of learning and innovation going hand in hand? Yeah, I think very much creating a culture of continuous learning and having a learning organization. Uh, which is what I like to talk about. It's an organization that's continually being dynamic, learning from experience, reflecting on that experience, and then using that experience with greater innovation through collaboration. And I think Accenture is a fabulous example of a learning organization in action. So Accenture anticipated in the market the, the new technologies were going to rapidly commoditize their existing uh, legacy IT work uh, several years ago. They anticipated that change, decided they needed to reskill 
our employees. And we created a learning experience platform called the Future Talent Platform. And we made available to our employees how to learn in the new technology, such as blockchain, cloud computing, and so on. And then we had dashboards and we measured it. We had campaigns and we really built a learning culture around a thirst for knowledge and intellectual curiosity, both through how people we hire and also how we engage people within our culture, within the organization. Mm -hmm. So I actually think Accenture's investments are an excellent example of building a learning organization that's continually reinventing itself. This is Talking Agility. Send us your feedback at Accenture.com forward slash Talking Agility. The Future Talent Platform, it's something actually close to my heart because when that was being launched, I participated in some of the recordings for the social media modules and I was uh, providing um, my little insight with regards to LinkedIn and uh, Twitter and how we use social media in order to promote projects or anything else, which was uh, very, very useful information for young entrepreneurs who wanted to develop their businesses using that. I think my next question, I would like to build a little bit up on what you just mentioned. It, it will be around the fact that we are all really increasingly busy and uh, people really struggle with time these days. So from a practical perspective, how can employers make learning a priority and build the culture? What does that look like on a day-to-day -day basis? So I think very much thinking about experiential learning. Adults learn best when they're engaged in the learning. The learning is relevant to them. It's contextual. It's based on their situation and that it's spaced. Cramming, actually, research, latest thinking in neuroscience shows that cramming isn't an effective way of building durable memories. So having learning spaced over time rather than all at once in an event in a classroom is a key area of effectiveness in terms of helping adults learn. And I think the new technologies today really lend themselves to how adults ideally want to learn. So it's in smaller sound bites, uh, micro learning, engaging, so not sitting watching a video. So we in Accenture did some research with the MIT neuroscience labs in our St. Charles Learning Center. And we had 100 people that we split into four groups. We had them watch a video and then um, one group after the video, just watched it. Another group had an unstructured discussion between themselves. Another group were told there was going to be a structured discussion afterwards, and they had a structured discussion with a trained facilitator about the video afterwards. And then another group did interpolated testing throughout the video. The two groups with the structured discussion and the interpolated testing they scored 25% higher on tests 30 hours later than the former two groups. And what this shows mm -hmm. is that it's really important for adults to continue to stay engaged and for learning to be done in small sound bites as opposed to all at once in large quantities. And therefore, 
having videos, not just simply watching a video, but a five minute video that allows some form of interaction or testing throughout, such as these new adaptive learning programs, is a great way for adults to build durable memories. And building these videos and learning opportunities into your everyday work as you work, as you go, and not creating it as a separate event that has to be done. For example, tools such as WalkMe that are in performance support tools that are part of the technologies that you use every day are fantastic ways for adults to continue to learn. Mm. That is really interesting. And um, I I guess that's one of the reasons why we decided to do a podcast, which is... um, you know, a little bit of a bite-sized um, content that people can listen on the go and learn about enterprise agility. Um, another thing that I just wanted to reflect on what you said is I think we often uh, refer to the 30-day challenge model, which also is based on neuroscience and on the spaced out different challenges, which are five minutes long or so, and they encourage you uh, to nudge new behaviors and perform tasks every day in order to establish those behaviors. And I think I have seen kind of an evolution of the 30-day challenge into X-day challenge, you know, based on what is appropriate for our clients and what would work well in their environment, which are proving really effective and also really engaging for employees. I think my next question uh, nicely actually segues um, into what you were saying about adults learning. There is a perception that it's harder for older learners to pick up new skills. Does that line up with our understanding of how adults learn based on what you said? You mentioned micro learning and experiential learning. Yeah, I don't believe there's any real scientific reason that adults stop learning or can't learn as they get older. Um, a headmistress of mine at a at my former school uh, where I went um, at, to high school, she actually graduated with a degree at 80 years old. Um, she did say she was the oldest student they'd ever had. Um, but research after research shows that adults continue to learn throughout their adult life. For sure, older adults, there are certain memory functions that become more challenging, but it's really an adult's attitude to learning that matters most and their motivation to learn, not their chronological age. So there's no real scientific reason that says adults can't continue to learn throughout their adult lives. I think one of the the kind of sad pieces of research that I've read is how much after the age of 55 and 60, adult learning drops off significantly, both from registered formal learning with institutions and also um, informal learning. And I think that's a shame because there's no reason why adults can't continue to learn throughout their whole adult lives. And I think um, as well within the the whole suite of new technologies and uh, tools that are being introduced in our day-to-day lives, not just through work, but also through the different apps that we are getting nowadays, it is providing an opportunity for adults to keep learning. Um, and especially I find that podcasts and, and other um, ways to provide content on the go are especially effective with that. 
I would like to ask you as well, what is the relationship between an organization's ability to learn and its enterprise agility? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Firstly, when I think of agility, I think of two forms of agility. One is market agility in terms of being able to sense the market, see the market, judge in the market how an organization needs to pivot or transform itself to stay relevant. So one is the anticipation of the market of what is happening. The second area of agility is the operational agility to be able to execute around that market agility. And I think Accenture's future talent platform is an excellent example of both. For example, market agility, Accenture's ability to sense that the market was changing, IT was becoming rapidly commoditized, there were these new technologies launching in the market that employees needed to learn and that we needed to be able to stay relevant to our clients. I think that ability to sense and respond to the market before our competitors did and other firms did is an outstanding example of market agility. I think then the operational agility to be able to pivot the organization and implement the future talent platform and put 300,000 people through new IT learning in a relatively short period of time shows fabulous operational agility. And it enables Accenture to continue to be agile because as we get new skills, new programs coming in, we can rapidly train thousands of people in our workforce to be relevant and at the leading edge of their clients. Absolutely. And uh, to wrap up, Bridie, um, is there anything that we haven't covered in this short time that you would like to highlight to us and to our listeners? Yeah, I think one of the things I would say is that our people are in the driving seat, um, not to wait for organizations to feed you with what it is you need to learn. I think one of the most important areas for the new digital age is that it's self-directed. You are in the driving seat and you need to take charge of your learning, your development, and continue to stay relevant by building it into your work every day, as opposed to thinking of it as a one-off event. So I would say self-directed, continuous, lifelong learning would be a message that I would leave with our listeners. Absolutely. And I couldn't agree more. And I think that resonates as well with the attitude that uh, people have towards the pace of change and um, the change which is um, happening in their organization. So having that self-directed attitude and um, openness to opportunities to learn and develop um, is quite critical. I would like to thank you for this fascinating interviews and all the uh, incredible facts that you just mentioned. Uh, I'm pre- I was particularly interested in the MIT research that you quoted, so I'm sure we're going to include that in our uh, write a blog post um, after we publish the interview. So thank you very much for all your insights. It was really, really fascinating to speak with you today. Thank you very much. You can find more episodes of the show at Accenture.com forward slash Talking Agility or by subscribing to the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify or iTunes. We'd love to hear your suggestions and questions about the show. 
get in touch with me on Twitter or LinkedIn, where you can find me at Elitsa Nacheva, which is spelled as E-L-I-T-S-A-N-A-C-H-E-V-A. Thank you for joining and until next time.